0: Welcome again to Common Room's Perfect 10 series, a series of 10-minute conversations with DevRel and community experts live on Twitter Spaces. I'm Rebecca, the head of community at Common Room, which is the community intelligence platform that helps you build better products, deepen relationships, and grow faster. You can hang out with us and more than 700 DevRel and community leaders in our Uncommon community Slack. So you can find us at commonroom.io slash uncommon. You can also learn more about Common Room itself at commonroom.io. But enough about us about me. I'm super excited to welcome Gabby Light, who is a community manager at Bramble, and she's also a community manager for Artery. Um, And so what we're really excited to talk to her about is community managers often have this, you know, this balance of um, meeting member expectations, but having different types of communities. And so hello, Gabby, welcome to Perfect 10. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Oh, man. Super excited to have you. And um, I sort of gave like half uh, the idea of the topic. So I'll finish off the other half. Um, (laughs) So Gabby balances the needs of two different communities um, and expectations of two different communities. One of the main challenges, right, is one community is IRL or in real life and one community is online. Um, And so that idea of like having to bridge, you know, make build these bridges between these two types of experiences and these two types of communities who are used to being or meeting in a certain way. Or interacting in a certain way can be can be pretty challenging. So Gabby, I'd love for you to share about how you determine the needs of each community and how you build those bridges and strike that balance between the, both the communities that you serve in terms of, um, you know, in real life practices and digital practices. And, and then we'll get to
1: our second topic. Amazing. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I am the community manager at both artery and bramble so artery came first and essentially it's a community that connects artists and spaces to co-create intimate culture together so sort of like couch surfing airbnb but um for culture so you might sign up on the platform maybe you have a living room you want to use or maybe you're um a singer and basically people connect and and do these really interesting um house kind of shows um but when the pandemic um that had to get put on hold because going into strangers' homes was not top of mind for many people um, or allowed um, at some points as well. So Bramble was kind of born out of that, of our experience with um, culture and connecting people. So we translated that into the online space. So Bramble is a platform um, that allows people to move around freely, have conversations, host events, sort of at uh, the anti-Zoom, allowing people some more autonomy. So Both of them are similar in that it's about connection and gathering, but one community uh, was very much at its core community in its essence, which was bringing people into each other's homes and that kind of thing, whereas Bramble is a tech platform. So there's a lot of similarities and crossover between the communities, but they're also very different. So um, it's been kind of a challenge to, first of all, communicate to the artery community like, um, in general, when there's not really stuff coming up for them. Um, and also talk about Bramble without it seeming like what's going on, why are they doing this huge shift? Like, how do we fit into it? So, I think that that's definitely been the challenge and some kind of um ways that we've um dealt with that is bringing in the artery community and sort of the build of bramble whereas bramble is definitely for artists and people hosting gatherings but we also have a big corporate side of it users as well using it for like team events and that kind of thing so we brought them in to really give their perspective on like the artist side and co-kind of built it together um so i think that helped introduce it to them and and get it you know in on sort of the ground up and also when we launched it to the community it wasn't sort of like here buy this thing you know we're gonna ask you for your money now it was sort of like we gave it to everyone for free and positioned it as sort of like we still can't gather in person but here's something really special we're working on so um yeah I would say that's kind of how we addressed it and it's definitely a work in progress and still something I'm figuring out but um it's been very a very unique challenge of this time
0: yeah, will you um, tell us a little bit more about, because I think, um or as we just heard from Kyle too, right, you want to, you as community managers and community hosts, we want to bring our community members into like into the co-creation process or the shaping process. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many ways that one might go about to do that, right? Like some people might send a survey, some people might send direct DMs, some people might have a community advocacy board, mm-hmm. um, some people might have like a an open-ended email or, you know, a, a digital comment box. Um, were there certain tactics that you used that were, you know, best for at least even your own community in terms of opening up those channels of communication with them and, you know, those people who did want to get involved? How did you end up um, reaching out to them and establishing those initial conversations?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. So I think what we kind of did was we were like, we need to see how Bramble operates, how it works. So we went out to community members in Artery who were really involved organizing events and just said to them, like, or or I just sort of said to them, like, I want to work with you on an event on Bramble, it can be anything we can explore, be creative, maybe we want to do, like, um, a music show, maybe we want to do immersive theater, whatever it is, like, do you want to try this, there might be bugs along the way, but let's invite your, you know, people you know, and figure this out, and so just kind of making it really exciting, like, you know, we've got this new technology, let's push the boundaries and see what we can do is very exciting for people. And so we ended up hosting comedy shows, immersive theater, all these different things. And then after the events, I, you know, work really closely with them and setting it up. And then after I do a debrief and be like, what worked, what didn't work. And then um, we learned so much that way. And they felt very involved. And then once um, something they had mentioned came out in a development. I'd always bring that to their attention, so they could be like, "Oh, cool!" They're like listening to me and um, want to work with me and really care about what I think. So,
0: yeah, it is. Um, it seems like a it's a simple yet complex task. Um, yes. <laughs> so, thank you for highlighting that a little bit more. And so now you're. Let's talk about a bit about your student communities together. And then there's this other thing, right, about wanting to make community visible. Um, and so there's one way that we can talk about doing this. There are many ways perhaps to do it, but one way, right, is to actually physically have it be vis- visible on your website. And so, for example, some people might have, you know, join our community in the footer, right? Or there might be sort of one banner across, you know, the homepage that says, oh, by the way, we have a community. And I know specifically for Bramble, you, um, you know, you had like an in, in, internal roadshow, if you will, to say, hey, if we want people to know about our community, to join it, to benefit from our community, to find value in our community, it's also important to make community more visible and more accessible. And so you went through this process, right, of actually getting community into the top nav all. And so I'd, I'd love for you to talk a bit about um, the conversations that you had with stakeholders to, to achieve that, right? What were some of the, the barriers you might have had to have overcome? And then um, if there are any outcomes that you can share from, from what happened when you were able to make the community more visible and, and actually accessible, just by placing it in this prominent place on your website.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the artery community, it was such an in-person thing and community was just so obvious for what we were doing, whereas for our company and our founders moving into Bramble, it wasn't as obvious that like, oh, you can have this community component to a tech platform. So I think um, there was just a lot more education that sort of had to happen because it was – Felt a bit foreign to, to them in that way, so exactly what you said an internal roadshow that's such a good way to put it. Um, I sort of was there are points when I was feeling really frustrated when they would say things to me like, you know, why would a you know a, one of our corporate clients want to engage in community, you know, those sorts of things. And so instead of getting frustrated, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put these are all very valid things, I'm just going to put them all in a document, all these hesitations that they're having. And then I sort of like point by point address them. Um, And I just think making it really clear was very helpful in that way. And I I think one of the biggest things also was I, through what all of our major competitors are doing in the community realm, which really helped. And then they were like, that really helped them visualize it and be like, oh, okay, I get this. I see, I I really like, I see what you're going for here. And so it just kind of took a lot of um, educating, I would say. And trying to do that in a really clear way without and and an excitement for about it instead of just like feeling like, Oh, you guys should already know this. You know, it was very much like, these are all the possibilities and this is such an exciting kind of avenue to explore. So I would say that's, you know, really how I approached it. And then um, eventually like I used circle for our community. And um, when I had launched it, I just sort of said to me put community in the header and I gave some examples of other websites and how it looked and, they had already been educated by that point and were like, yeah, let's do it. This is great. So I, I think the the legwork was kind of put in beforehand. And when it came to actually putting it in the, the header, they were like, okay, we're on board. Like, let's try this out.
0: Yeah, that's pretty exciting. And first, uh, I want to say attribution. I'd love to give credit where credit is due. I actually heard Internal Roadshow from Joshua Zirkle, um, the head of like community programs and, and marketing at Asana. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to Joshua. He had said that to me internal roadstone. I was like, yes, that's, that's what we're talking about. So I'm glad to pass that phrase on to you as well. Um, Gabby, I'd love to ask a follow-up in terms of whether or not when you're having those internships, like doing that internal education, showing what um, other people in your space were creating and doing with their communities, were there any specific internal teams that you found were like great, you know, proponents and champions of your cause as well, where you're like, Hey, we actually found a great synergy with." You know, customer success team or some other team that was like really helpful and complimentary
1: to um to moving the community forward. Yeah, I would actually say our customer success and sales team, which are kind of the sale the same team right now, um, were the most and our marketing um person were the most sort of they got it right away and saw lots of opportunities and have been working really closely on me with that. I think that um, I read you know I've read. Um, Richard Millington and David Spinks, their book really recently kind of before I had gone out to internal teams. So I felt really prepared on how to talk to sales teams and stuff like that about it. So um, they are like really believe in it. And they're also very understand they're, they're like, they're not they They really let me drive it opposed to like seeing it just as like this revenue generator and how can we get leads? They're very into sort of the organic piece of it and letting it kind of unfold, which I think is really cool.
0: Yeah, and while this is, um, I, I don't want to say new, but while it's gotten this um, new momentum behind it, right, or this new visibility, and Bramble itself is, is newer in terms of like trying to bring some of the RDR, you know, community experience online, Um, how has been the the reception to it? And have you found that more people have actually joined and, and found the community with this extra visibility that you've been able to place on it?
1: Yeah, I think that it's, I have, I'm still kind of soft launching it, Um, so it's, I'm definitely people are joining slowly. I'm inviting people slowly so I can kind of get a feel for it before inviting people more widely. But, um, a lot of customers of Bramble who, um, discover us and then want to host an event. I find those are the people who sign up for the community right away and are like, Oh, this is a really helpful resource. So that's been interesting. And it's also interesting just to see how people find it in general. Like people just find it through like searches, trying to learn about online and better their kind of practices around that. So, um, And, yeah, I think that I I, there's so many things I want to do with the community that one of my biggest challenges is just trying to focus right now on on things and not get too ahead of myself. So um, but it's kind of overwhelming because I'm like, okay, we've got people here and there's so much to do. Like um, it's just kind of figuring out the cadence and the timing for sure.
0: Totally. Uh, I feel you so much on that every day. Um, Mike Ma, I see you with a raised hand. Thank you so much. You have the floor if you want to unmute and ask Gabby a question.
1: Cool. Thank you, Gabby. Uh, That's all super insightful. Um, In terms of the internal roadshow and the uh, sort of benchmarking you did against competitive uh, folks out there or folks who also have communities, were there any metrics that you were looking at in particular for those comparisons or anything that really sort of resonated with folks on your team? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say... Um, I was particularly interested in, like, the platforms people were using and how many they were using. Um, So, like, a very natural kind of comparison to Bramble would be Gather. And they uh, recently started using Discord. So I was looking at um, how many people were in their Discord and their different channels and the subjects. And also... um, they have a lot of sort of self-organization for their community, different sort of chapters in different parts of the world. So I was really interested in how many people were doing that and and how active it was. Um, But I would say I was looking at sort of numbers, which is a bit problematic in certain ways, but how many people were engaged in the community and then also the different sort of um, distribution of what they were using to, to build their community sort of tool, their tool stack.
0: Cool. Thanks for the question, Mike and Gabby. Um, Somehow perfect ten, perfect timing. We are right at ten (laughs) thirty. and thank you so much for joining us and for talking about what it's like to manage both IRL and um online communities. Um yeah. Love you. Thank you so much for
1: having me. Yeah.